When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football, they just expanded the playoffs. That was what, 48 hours ago, 72 hours ago, Ian Fitzsimmons, and now, and now... They're trying to expand once again. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Ian Fitzsimmons, Amber Wilson here with you. So apparently the College Football Playoff Management Committee, they met yesterday in the wake of that official move with the 5 plus 7 model for the 2024 and 2025 seasons. So they they met after we got the word of the 5 plus 7, and we already know that the college football playoffs are expanding, except for they met where now – They're talking about expanding it even further. Now, they are tasked with deciding what to do with this thing after 2026. And, Ian, a lot of people want to add more teams right away. So we might be immediately going from 12 to 14 and beyond. Are we surprised? Just just follow the money is all you have to do. I'm a little surprised with the timeline. I mean, literally, like I had Heather on two days ago with us to explain the five plus seven. And then here I am trying to unpack something else already. Maybe slow down a little bit, college football. Like, give me a week. And if you are just tuning in, if you, if you don't even understand the, the, the 12-team format, it's the, the top five conference champions, meaning ACC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, and then the highest conference champion from the group of five those are your top five automatic bids done bam that's one through five uh, in, in order of ranking and then you have the top seven teams after that that's your 12 team format now we haven't even gotten to that yet we, have, we haven't swapped paint on 12 going from four to 12 and a lot of people amber and i'm curious to get your thoughts on this think that even going to 12 is going to take away from the sanctity of the college football regular season, which is the most unique regular season we have, to be honest, because you lose a game in September, and that might that might put you out of a postseason berth. I mean, every game matters. So now they're already talking. We haven't even played game one of the 12-team format. The TV deal isn't even done yet for the 12-team format. We don't know who's got what. Where it's being played, I mean, we, we are, we, we know where, but we don't know when and how. And they're already going, okay, well, hey, well, this money's rolling in for 12. You know the college football playoff committee and the conference commissioners are looking at the TV bids, right, and the billions, billions of dollars going, well, if this is what we're getting for 12, what about 14? So my question, Amber, is where does it end? Because I truly believe – I thought 8 was perfect. I'm good with 12. If we're going to 14 and it was all about the best team in college football, you know you're going to get the best team at, within the, the, the top 12 teams in, in the game. You know that's going to happen. The best team is going to be involved. The top four teams going to be involved. Hell, the top 12 teams arguably could be involved. So what's the purpose of going to 14? Because if you do that, you're going to have to take away a non-conference game, in my opinion. Because now you're asking these 18, 19-year-olds 
not 28, 29-year-olds, to go swap paint one more time. And right now, like, like in the 12-team format, you might have to win three games. You're going to add one. You might have to win four, depending, right? So you, now you're going to have to rob from Peter to pay Paul if you're even contemplating, as they are, going to 14 teams. Now, your argument falls a little short to me with the 18, 19-year-olds because arguably they have even more energy <laughs> than the 29, 30-year-olds who are tasked with doing that, right? So maybe they should be able to get out there for those games. Yeah, of but their course, bodies school. aren't as calloused as that those professional athletes are. Well, and of course, school. So there's that, there's that as well, though, that is on it, their plates. It, and what does it, it mean with more? Well, it's supposed to be. Some and of with them. With a lot of these schools, it is. And with a lot of these student-athletes, it frankly is. We always think of the ones – that aren't really there for school. That's actually few and far between, though, considering Agreed. how many teams we're talking about and where some of these people are, where some of these guys are on the roster that we're talking about. So I mean, the reality is school is actually a thing uh, for a large part of these student-athletes. But regardless of that, I, I, this is all about revenue, revenue distribution. It's all about media rates deals. And I just don't understand why it took us until 2024 for the people in charge of college football to wake up and go, hey – there's money to be made here with more football and more high stakes football with a playoff system that's expanded. I mean, that seems like the most no duh thing ever to me. Of course, there's going to be more money for everyone. Of course, the media rights deals are going to be larger if there's more teams involved and actually involved in something that matters and counts. Cause we've seen what happens with the bowl games for me as a fan the bowl games mean nothing to me anymore. And frankly, I mean, uh, the tradition. See, I still love them. I, I do. I mean, yeah, but, but I'm old, a junkie. I know. Right. I, I, well, and also you're like, I, I feel like you're, you, you're so in, invested and embedded in college football that for you, there's probably some of the nostalgia with the tradition and all of that. And, and I just want to see some good ball, man. And I want to see football that actually matters. And those bowl games don't actually matter at all. And now with all of the opt-outs and the huge majority of the best students not even playing in those games, who the hell cares about any of these games okay. outside of the four teams that currently get to play in the playoffs? So, yes, I am all for expansion. And, frankly, I'm fine with 14 teams the same way I'm fine with 12 teams because all of these teams are playing anyways. They're just playing in nonsense bowls that don't actually matter. At least in this scenario, they'll be playing for something. So let's give you a hypothetical, right, where let's say Ohio State and Florida, your alma mater. Ooh, we're talking. Uh, want to go on campus, home, home. Uh-huh. But in a 12-team format, you, you probably can work that in. Now you're going to have to get rid of uh, – you know, the Citadel or whomever else might be on your, your, your Gator I'd schedule. I'd prefer to play the Citadel, but, but all but, right, I'm but sticking with your hypo. Got the, it. The, the big one. Now, you're not going to get that cupcake anymore. One of those games has got to go away. And the in-year, in, in, in the regular season interconference games, I think, are, especially on campus, there's not enough of those anymore. That's why Alabama-Texas was phenomenal because it was on campus the last two years it wasn't a made for tv event in charlotte at jerry world right you know our camping world where i had florida state lsu to start the season i mean these this will be on campus we need more of these games the interconference matchups those we're going to have to go bye-bye if you if you're i mean even going to 12 there's a conversation where nick saban has said for years when not if but when we go to 12 the sec needs to go to a nine game SEC format instead of eight, and they haven't yet. I mean, so there's a, you're barred for Peter to pay Paul here, but on, on that note, 
I also believe that what you hit on, the opt-outs, is huge. Because if you go to 14, even going to 12, are you going to have fewer players with a shot at a natty that decide not to opt out and stay in when you go from four teams to 12 and then possibly 14 by 2026? How many players, instead of opting out, are going to continue to play for good old state U? A lot more. A lot more, which is why I think it's good for college football because you have to somewhat combat – the real current issues of the game. And one of those is the opt-outs. And I don't blame the kids for opting out of these bowl games that don't actually mean anything. You don't see people opting out of the playoffs for good reason. But I get why they're opting out of these bowls. So, yes, if you expand this entire system and you make it so that there is a chance, even if it's a long shot, that there is a chance, I absolutely believe that it will get far fewer opt-outs and maybe hardly any in those top 12 or top 14 teams that make a playoff system. Also, of course, NIL helps that conversation because they're also making money and they're getting paid and they feel like they're compensated to get out there and expand their brand in every way that they can. And certainly a playoff stage helps them do that. These national television deals help them do that. So it's good for the individual kids themselves as well, growing their brands and continuing forth with their collegiate careers or whatever they go end up doing in the future. I think it's good all around, and I think it's good for the fan. Now, you mentioned the Gators, if they had to give up a matchup with, say, Ohio State in this expanded model. I mean, right now, right now we're operating under an expanded model this upcoming season. The Florida Gators are expected to play nine ranked opponents. They have arguably preseason, keyword preseason, the toughest schedule in college football. College football history. They're saying in college football history, it looks like the toughest. It may, literally little vomit in my mouth right now. As a Gators fan, little. <laughs> so bringing vomit. up the preseason number two team as a possible on campus, you know, in get 20, out of my life with that. Right, you're you're like, yeah, no, I'm good. We're done. No, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Got I'm it. Even the Citadel or whatever it was <laughs> that you threw out in your hypo. Coming up next year on Amber and Ian, we want to hear from you, America. Do you like this college football playoff expansion? Do you want a 12-team model? If it goes to 14, is that too many teams? Do you love that college football playoffs are expanding? Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. So chime into the conversation. Line up. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. We will get to your calls next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
The college football playoffs have expanded to a 12-team model, but there's already discussions about expanding to a 14-team model soon after that. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. We are taking your phone calls. Do you like the college football playoff expansion? When does it become too much or too many teams? 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Brett is calling us from Kansas. Brett, thanks for the phone call. Do you like this system? Yeah, I like the system. I tell you, I, 12, I think 12 teams is exactly right. But the one concern I do have, and I'd like to get you guys' feedback on it, is this going to cause teams to not schedule a good non-conference, and are we going to have to wait seven weeks to see a good game? And Brett, that's exactly what we were just talking about. I made Amber throw up a little bit in her mouth when I brought up a hypothetical about her. Florida Gators may have to drop a cupcake on her on her schedule in order to play, you know, a great non-conference opponent. And and her Gators have the preseason keyword preseason by far the toughest schedule in the upcoming season in college football. I mean, it, it, it isn't even close. But you know, to your point. We love the interconference matchups and and, the, and that aspect of the regular season. In order to go even to twelve teams, which we are right now, you know, teams are having to borrow from Peter to pay Paul. Do we want to get that automatic win on our schedule, or do we want to go, go and try and stack our strength of schedule to impress the college football playoff committee? Because remember, folks, the twelve team playoff format that's in place right now, and we're already. The, the, the committee and the college football playoff group, led by his, in his last year, Bill Hancock, the executive director of the college football playoff, they're already talking about, we haven't even swapped paint yet on 12 teams. They're already talking about, in case you are just tuning in, going to 14 teams in 2026. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, you might have to drop a quality non-conference, inter-conference, you know, on-campus game in order to incorporate the added fatigue and the just your body being beaten up going into a, a further playoff format. The only thing I'll push back a little bit on what Brett said is I, I believe he was implying too. Are we going to have to wait a long team to a long time to see then that quality football? And I think what we saw this past season was with Alabama. It's a lot better if you lose earlier in the season than it is if you lose later in the season, right? And so. Maybe that's going to be part of the consideration as well. Like if you're going to stack hard they still games, made you need it the four. strength of right, and they still made it to four. So if you, but if you are going to stack hard games, maybe you stack them a little bit earlier in the season. In other words, because if you drop one early, then it's a short memory, and by the time we get to the end of the season, we forget that you lost to Texas by double digits, even though you know, and and, and you find your way in a, into a college football play. Let me ask you this, because we're chasing money right now, right? So it. it does it concern you that we haven't even played down one in the 12 team era and they're already looking at going to 14 even before we've even, you know, snapped, you know, the, 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 the first play in a 12 team era and they're already looking to, to get greedier. It's a little strange that we are dealing with a model that only exists for 24 and 25. And Correct. so they have to find a new model for 26 and they're going to have to implement that model or decide it, it appears on that model before we even get a taste of 2024's model. So yes, the structure of the system seems very weird. Now I, I understand there's media rights deals and all these sorts of things that they have to consider. So I, I get why they're doing it, but yes, from a fan perspective, it feels a little bit like, Hey, can we just, 
can we just try this thing out, guys, and then see how it goes? We got to try out the four-team thing for a while, you know? And, and so by the time we're going to 12, it's like, all right, we did the four teams for a while. There was so much controversy. Let's try 12. That thing's not even going to settle in before it feels like we're going to get to a uh, 14 plus because there could be other models that they're considering as well. Triple eight, say ESPN. Billy is calling us from Iowa. Billy, thanks for the call. Do you like the expanded playoffs? I do not. Um, I've always thought there should be a six team playoff. The power five champions, one at large bid, number one and two get a buy. Three plays six, four plays five, and then they play one and two. Um, I think Ian's right about the whole money grab, and that's what this has always been about. But if you really want to have a good playoff, that's always been my thought and my opinion. Um, I appreciate you taking my call. I've admired both of your work. Can I give a quick shout-out? Sure. sure. You buttered us up first, so go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I know what I'm doing. My son just started a brand-new sports job today in the Pacific Northwest. Zach, go to it. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, shout-out to Zach. Uh, Get out there. Kill it, Zach. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, we'd have been fine with that also, man. Go chase your dream, young (laughs) man. We did. uh, Yes, go go chase your dream. Absolutely. You'll never regret chasing your dream. Uh, His 16 model is more akin to what it seems like you would like to see. about four or five years ago, I was all about eight. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the then Power Five and then the top three after that, right? So the, power, the then Power Five conferences all got automatic bids, and then you had the top three teams, which traditionally would have included a group of five, you know, somewhere in that top eight. Now we have the top four, and, and if you don't know the format of right now, the, what, the college football playoff with 12 teams, it's the four highest-ranked conference champions – they get the top four seeds in order in the bracket, and then, a, and then they also receive a first-round buy. Now, those teams may be ranked behind other at-large teams in the final selection committee rankings, but it doesn't matter because if they're the highest-ranked champions of the Power Four, they are one, two, three, four. They, I don't care if That's where we're going to get some of our controversy. Yeah. I, I don't care if they're ranked be those sorts ninth of or tenth in the country. They are now in one, two, three, four. And then the fifth highest-ranked conference, which – they're kind of, I'm guessing, banking on a group of five. You right, also- but they're specifically not saying group of five, by right. the way, so that there is a possibility it is not a group of five. They're Correct. very specific about that. And then, I mean, you could be, you know, if you're after that, the fifth highest ranked conference champion is not guaranteed anything other than a spot in the field. So if you're the fifth ranked conference champion, you might be a 12 seed. There is a scenario under now this next system coming to fruition in 2024 where under this past season's rankings, Liberty would have been in a college football playoffs. Oklahoma would not have been, even though Liberty was ranked like 21st or whatever it was at the end of the season and Oklahoma was ranked 13th. Oklahoma would be left out. Liberty would have been in, or maybe Oklahoma's 12th, whatever it worked out. So we could have some of that. Those are where your controversies are going to end up coming. But we're not going to be in a situation where you have an unranked conference winner again uh, of a major conference not in a playoff. So at least least there's that. Triple H, say ESPN. Leon is calling us from D.C. Leon, do you like the college football playoff expansion? Yeah, y'all know. As a football fan, I do like the expansion. I am kind of... Love the 12 up in 12 with the sweet spot. But like um, Amber, as a Gator, I am sick. Oh. I am just 
heartbroken. I don't know who we offended or who we hurt to get us lined up like this. By the time we're ready to make the playoffs, it'll probably be back to BCS method. I mean, <laughs> Leon, they're saying they're saying that if everything goes how it looks like preseason, this will be the hardest schedule in college football history. Not even the season in the history of the game. Oh, we're so screwed, Leon. We're so screwed. Uh, but go Gator. <laughs> but at least, hey, look, now you have more of a shot because at four you had zero, right? I mean, for the most part, with that schedule yeah, you all have, true. now you're going to 12, yeah. you have more of a chance. But, again, if you are just tuning in, the conversation <laughs> of already – 200. Right? <laughs> if you're already going to – the conversation already going to 14, I mean, that this just reeks of pigs getting fat, hogs getting slaughtered. Let it breathe for a moment, moment, see how it dances, and then talk about it. But the money grab, there's no yeah, doubt in my mind. The, yeah, the, they, they're not going to let it breathe. The money that is being thrown at college football right now for the TV rights, there's zero doubt in my mind. That's why they're already talking about going to 14. Let's get one more phone call in. Uh, we're up against the clock. I appreciate everyone chiming in. Triple Eight say ESPN. Thomas is calling us from Michigan. Thomas, you have about thirty seconds. Do you like expansion? Uh, no. And here's why. Right now, with the current format, uh, the games are you win and you're in, and the games are exciting and keep you on the edge of your seat. With the all the expansion and everything, I think it's going to take away from the excitement of the regular season, as well as the rivalries. To me, as a college football fan for all my life, I like the tradition, the pageantry, the rivalry games, and I think that the expanded playoffs takes away from that. He's not alone. I mean, that's that's a fair concern. I know Ian certainly has that same concern, the diminishment of the regular season in college football, which is a regular season that is so unusual compared to all the other sports where every game is quite literally do or die in that sport. It won't feel like that quite so much anymore, but I still think it'll feel important. The regular season still feels very important in the NFL. Coming up next, we are on to the second half of the NBA season. What is the best storyline coming our way? That's next on ESPN Radio. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Second half of the NBA season starts tonight. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can find him at Ian Fitz, ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So we are ready to get underway with the second half. Let's bring in Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. And Legs, thanks as always. What is the storyline that you're most looking forward to here in the second half? Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Honestly, there's so many because there's a lot of unfinished business in this league right now. I think 
probably for me at the top of the list would be what happens with Milwaukee going forward. Because going into the season, you couldn't find one person that, that does this for a living that didn't have Milwaukee in like the top four in the league and certainly a conference finalist in, in the Eastern Conference. And it hasn't gone that way. Their record is still good, but it's just something's off. Something's missing. They're not as good defensively. The Lillard-Takupo pairing hasn't been great. Lillard hasn't been as good as he normally has been in his career. He made a coaching change. Like, there's just a lot of unrest. And they had the rock-bottom moment right before the break when they lost to Memphis with playing literally nobody in their top rotation. They beat the Bucks, who was playing everybody. So that, to me, is interesting because I'm like, it's, it's in there somewhere. Is Doc the guy to get it out of them? Is Giannis the guy to like get, make them accountable? Does Lillard start playing better? Because I think I have a good feel for just about every other team in the league. I don't have a good grip on who the Bucks are. And I'm really curious because going into the year, with those two guys on the same team, it just looked like a foregone conclusion. They were on a collision course with Boston. And I'm not sure I believe that anymore. So they've got to convince me, and I want to see if they can. Right, so stay there, Lex, because a lot of things feel weird here with Milwaukee, right? Where you have two starters in the All-Star game, and you have the head coach complaining about everything about his team. You have Giannis saying, it's not my team, it's Dame's team. I mean, what if you were in that locker room on that squad, how would you feel right now? Yeah, like unsettled. I, look, I, everything, like you said, I, I like what you're saying, because it, it's basically a whole lot of people being disingenuous. Like, yes, like, Let's cut to the chase and let's get to the bottom of this. So for Doc Rivers, for example, you came in, you took the job when you did, and then you go on, you know, you're three and seven since you got there, and then you say, yeah, I guess I probably should have taken the job when we went on a tough road trip. Like, come on, man. Like, you can't go there if you're Doc Rivers. Um, that's, that's a cop-out. So, you know, some of the things that I think J.J. Reddick said, I, I agreed with. Like, some of, the, some of the things he said about there's no room for excuses in this. And this is, this is like another shot you have to go get that title, you know, that you haven't won since 2008 and a lot of underachieving teams with the Clippers and Sixers. Like, go get it. Don't start talking about that stuff and saying guys are in Cabo, half the team. That's ridiculous. That's, that's a joke. Going into the break when I was a player, you had an adrenaline rush. You played extra hard that game because you were excited about getting a few days off. And so that's just not a valid excuse. The thing with Giannis saying about being Dame's team, it's just not genuine like it's just not true now what he's saying is i want you to be empowered to be yourself and you're not yourself and here's what i've been saying all year about lillard this is why it's different for him imagine being a an athlete and for the first time in your life you're not the best player on your team and you're 33 34 years old for the first time in your life and so now you're going well i'm not completely free of mind i'm not just out there playing instinctively where i know every time up the court i'm the best option because that's what he lived with for 11 years in portland there was no doubt whatsoever. I'm going to hunt shots. I'm going to play a certain way. Everybody else feed around me, pick up the crumbs. I am going to do what I do. You guys figure out the rest. Well, that's not the case now. You're playing with a better player. You're playing with a guy that's won a championship, a guy that casts a larger shadow than you in the league. That's got to be different for Damian Lillard. And so, at the, and he's going through some stuff off the court. There's all kinds of stuff swirling around in his mind that is not instinctive it's interrupting his muscle memory it's it's interrupting the process of just going and instinctively playing basketball and that's what they've got to get to the bottom of can they unleash that the rest of the way because it hasn't felt like a like a flow to what they're doing offensively and then you sacrificed a lot defensively to, to, to replace Drew Holiday with Lillard 
So can they find that? If that can make them 10 to 15% better defensively, that's it. That's what you're talking about. And then Lillard finds himself the second half of the year. That's a team that's good enough to really challenge Boston. But they're a long way from that right now. Legs, up. we've known each other for over 15 years. And for you to say, imagine being, for the first time when you're 33, 34, not the best athlete on your team. That, that started when I was nine with Brian Billiot in Little League football. So I, I'm flattered that you brought that up. Man. Now, Amber, I don't know, I can't speak for Amber, but for me, hey, man, that's my entire life, Coach. So there you go. But thank I you. Always, <laughs> tremendous. I always Yeah, but you think about it. Like, 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 no, I hear what you're saying. You hear what I'm saying? Like, I do. Wouldn't that I be a little bit weird? Look, yeah. Every literally probably the I don't know when Damian Lillard started playing basketball. He probably was six, and he got a ball, and he was kind of advanced. He's the best guy on the and team. Every team he played on the rest of his life is like your team. Everybody else figure it out around you. And now he goes to a place. First of all, he didn't want to be there. He wanted to be in Miami. That didn't happen. So there's an adjustment there mentally. And now you're going through some off the court stuff. I think he's going through a divorce and stuff like that's been written in the media. She's dealing with that, and on top of that. You're not just going out there every trip up the court, like just playing the way you used to play. It's different pairing with a guy like Giannis. So Giannis, and look, to Giannis's credit, I think he's being honest. He wants Dame to feel that way. Just like LeBron wanted Anthony Davis to feel that way in the bubble. This has to be your team for us to win. I need, and he did. He, he took it, took that next step. They won a championship down there in Orlando in the bubble. And Anthony Davis was the, was the finals MVP. Because LeBron empowered him to be that. That's what Giannis is trying to do. But Lillard isn't in that place mentally. He's not there yet. And will he get there this year? I'm not sure. But it's not a failed like experiment. If it doesn't happen, it's a failed season. Make no mistake about that. If you pair those two guys, you're expected to win this year. If they don't, that's a failure. doesn't mean they're going to continue to fail. They have more opportunities going forward. But I, that's, the, that's why it's so fascinating to me. Can they unlock that out of Lillard the last 25 games going into the playoffs? Also doesn't help that Lillard uh, left Giannis off of his starting five when he was asked over All-Star Weekend. Tim Legler joining us here on Amber and Ian. Legs, is Giannis becoming less likable? And I don't even know if I mean that as an insult, but I feel like for so many years we thought of Giannis as kind of this happy-go-lucky player, and now we're finding out that maybe there's more to the story. It felt like he helped get – he's had such an integral part in decisions, like, sure, hire Adrian Griffin, and now – I. I want Adrian Griffin out of here. And then he makes some comments that make it sound like he was writing plays when Adrian Griffin was the coach and that maybe Griffin didn't know what he was doing. And then the way that things have gone with Giannis since it it feels a little bit like we're seeing a different side of Giannis this year as the things in Milwaukee aren't going so smooth. Is that fair? No, it's fair. It's been aired and it's like, it's, it's, but here's the thing. And, and look, this is for me, someone that, been associated with the league for, for 10 years as a player, 23 covering it, 33 years I've been connected to the league. I already know that like, that's absolutely an integral part. If you're a top five player, every, everything has your fingerprints on it. So that just goes without saying guys try to duck it, dodge it. LeBron's always ducked and dodged it. You don't think LeBron James has a say in like personnel or like coaching changes? Of course he does, but he runs from that because you get labeled coach killer. You get labeled you know, prima donna, you get labeled narcissist. And it's, I don't think any of those things apply to Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's just on that level that he has he has say in it because you want, in fact, I'll, I'll more than want, you need that guy in your organization, if you're on that level, to be happy with what's going on. There's no, there's no worse 
thing in the world uh, for a coach than if your star player is not happy because you're dead man walking if that's the case, if you can't reverse that. And so you want that guy to feel validated and empowered. And look, it wasn't always that way. It wasn't like that when I played. It just wasn't in my era. They didn't. But now it's different. These guys are empowered from the age of 14 when they can dictate what AAU team they play on. They can dictate what high school they go to. And it's just nonstop. The NIL stuff, it's just nonstop. Cater, 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 cater. That's what they're used to. So, you know, those guys need to feel empowered because it makes a healthy locker room and it gives you a better chance to win. So I'm not shocked by any of that, that it's like kind of coming out. That's the only thing that's different. It's been aired. Giannis is no different than any other star player in this league. They, they want to have their say, and it's important that they get an imprint. You're absolutely right. The LeBron thing, though, at this point, Tim, is ridiculous because nobody believes anything. He said that he found out about the Warriors' potential trade at the same time as the rest of us. I mean, Tim Leggers, yeah, are come on. You buy that? I mean, yeah, exactly. Come on. What, what are come we on. It's, absurd. It's, it's, it's absurd, man. It's like they it's so it's so crazy to me because it's like. I, and I'm, I like this. Sometimes I look at this stuff as like a, just a life of you and your related personal relationships with anybody you know. People that want to um, maintain a certain perspective or attitude or something to to mandate change, right? Because they're not happy, they want to enforce change, but then they run from the fact that they actually did it. It's crazy to me, man. But that's that's where we're at because they know how bad of a look that is for a player. If, if people think that they're the ones pulling all the strings and they're dictating hirings and firings and personnel stuff, they don't want, they don't want any of it laid at their feet, even though they, it's necessary that you communicate with them. It, it's, it's a weird dynamic. All right, I was going to go holidays because uh, we let know you love Halloween. Easter's on the horizon. We're not going to go there. I need advice. My daughter, tomorrow night, senior night, senior goalkeeper, she has glass head, four concussions. She had her to rescind every scholarship offer she had, but it's senior night. So, when we're bringing the flowers out, Legs, how do you feel about this idea? Amber and I talked about this earlier. I have my wife place a ball down on the penalty kick. We're out there with flowers, right? And then after the, you know, the, uh, the MC goes, and here's Rowan Fitzsimmons, blah, 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 you know, the accolades, and I go, hey, one more kid right now against Dad. How do you feel about it? What do you think? I think it's awesome. I absolutely love it. So you're saying she's the goalkeeper and you're going to kick the ball? Exactly right. But here's the thing. Are you going to try to like, trick her and set her up and score on her? Are oh, hell yes. Yeah, no. Me. Hell no. I'm not gifting it to her. No, we're going. No, you listen now. See, okay, it's senior night. You might. She's been through a lot. It sounds like it sounds like she had some tough breaks. I might want to give her a heads up, like a little head nod. I'm going, you know. So I'm, I'm going, going right. left? Yeah, I'm going right, going left. Give her a little bit of a head start to dive on that thing and come up with a dramatic save. I think that might be the way to play it. Point taken. Okay. You're, you're more of a Tim humanitarian Legler. than I am. Yeah, he's, better, so, yeah, he's a better dad. Nice, better dad right nice there. Guy. There's legs. That's why, <laughs> that's, that's, why he's a, that's why he's better than I am. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Anytime. Love coming on. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks, legs. All right, what, so what, what should I do, Amber? Let's be honest here. You, I one, was do you feeling like, like... One, do you like the idea? Two, uh, I, look, she's a competitor. I don't, I don't know if she'd like me just telling her which way to go. The only reason I don't know if I love the idea is because of your daughter's injury history. I don't know. I don't know about that. But <laughs> you know far more about that than I do. But well, I if she's I, look, all, I, look, all well she, and good still playing, and ready to go. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. She's not playing club ball anymore. This is her last game, right? So, But she's still playing. She's out there. So, like, if she's all well and good and she's ready to go, my absent the injury history, my advice would be 
she's about to be a grown woman. She's about to be out in this world on her own. You do not cough one up to her, right? Like not like she's an adult now. <laughs> so it, like it's adult time, honey. And I'm about to treat you like one. J- James Steele is your old man. Still going like, to get yes, one on you. Yes, do, you do That's not. That's how I would feel one. about it. Okay. You don't gift her one. You know she's not. She's not six anymore. You know she's not a little kid. It's like, hey, welcome to adulthood, honey. And what? And old dad still got one on you for now because or, you won't. Forever. Or dad tears his, uh, you know, his right foot well, to pieces, too. and Entirely everyone laughs possible. at dad. So it's a win-win either way for her. If she stuffs dad, and dad tears his ankle to pieces. So there you go. Entirely possible. I could easily see that happening. Maybe I should be worried about your injury history, not so much hers. <laughs> Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, why is LeBron taking the night off versus the Warriors tonight? Ian has a theory. We'll get into that next here on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are in the second half of the NBA season. It kicks off tonight. Notably absent, though, the star's biggest game. The star's biggest name in the entire sport. Not because... Not because Ian, he doesn't have a game tonight, because he does. He's just not going to play in it because he needs a little bit more rest. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. So we've got the Lakers playing the Warriors. I'm very tongue-tied for some reason in this segment. We've got the Lakers (laughs) playing the Warriors. There we go. That's how you talk. Right and LeBron James is not participating in the game. He needs to nurse the ankle, apparently, a little bit more. He didn't need to nurse it over All-Star Weekend. He needs to nurse it now when the Lakers are taking on the Warriors, Ian. This infuriates me because we spend so much time talking about how right now the problem with the NBA is the optics of load management, and then you get a break quite literally an all-star break and your biggest all-star ever then comes off that break and is like, no, 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 no. By the way, I need more of a break. <laughs> it's my ankle. It's, it's my a little ankle. sore, ankle, right? It's yeah. a little sore. It needs a little bit more rehab. I, I'm with you. And, and this one reeks of, you know, that clip that aired before an all-star weekend of LeBron at the shop, right? And he was posed the question, which player right now would you love to play with? That you would you want to go play with, and he said, "Steph Curry." Steph Curry. That's it, right? And then the conversation morphed into, "Will Steph win another chip? Will LeBron win another chip? Can they win one together? What 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 if they were to team up?" 
You don't think that LeBron playing Golden State tonight, game one after the All-Star game, and he's not going to suit up, which means he does not have to do post-game interviews or pre-game interviews, that that, that that has nothing to do with all that conversation about Steph and LeBron. Can he win another one? Can Steph win another one? What if they were to team up together? And all of a sudden, you know what? Oh, we're, 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 we've we're been off for a week, and we really didn't play during the All-Star game. We all watched it. I mean, there wasn't a lot of effort out there outside of the offensive end. Just go back to your commissioner. Well, congratulations, right? I mean, it's it, it, and to take tonight. Yeah, play, play is a term that we yeah, use loosely right, yeah. around the All-Star game. Extraordinarily loosely, yes. right? So. To, to be out tonight, like this is a ridiculous conspiracy theory, but there's zero, hardly any doubt in my mind that because of that clip from the shop and all the conversations surrounding LeBron and Steph, that tonight he went, you know what? Taking it off. I'm out. Ankle. I'm, 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 a, little, I'm a little weary. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till the next one. Agree or I disagree? Well, I got excited earlier, too, because I found a clip that apparently was from like 2022. So the Internet got me. But I had sent you guys a clip in our group chat earlier today because there was a clip of LeBron on some other podcast where he was saying that the teams that he felt like he could walk in and help the most in a postseason immediately was the Golden State Warriors and the Miami Heat. So he was throwing out breadcrumbs. Obviously, that that caught my attention. And then, of course, with the Warriors angle of it. That also caught my attention because we know what happened with the Warriors this season and this trade that apparently wasn't actually a trade that LeBron claims he learned at the same time as all of us about, which is the biggest bull bleep I've ever heard. But the thing is with LeBron James is he does nothing, in my opinion, that's not calculated. Everything LeBron does is well thought out and well calculated and for a, a purpose. I don't quite know what the purpose is of sitting out against Golden State now. Do I believe it's a coincidence it's Golden State? No, I'm with you on that because of all the hype around that, the potential trade that never happened, that where they were exploring trading LeBron to Golden State or certainly the Warriors were trying to make that happen. I don't think it's a coincidence that we're getting rest here against Golden State, but I don't really understand what the purpose is because your point of avoiding the microphones I think would make more sense if we weren't coming off of an all-star weekend where all he did was talk in front of microphones and behind microphones. I mean, this man was very talkative over the weekend. He was asked, of course, about that potential trade. That's how I know he's claiming that he learned about it at the same time as the rest of us because he said it over the all-star break. So he didn't seem shy about discussing it over the all-star break when he knew he was going to be asked about it. So why now avoid it just for the microphones? Because it's now a a local game and and that that post-game conversation will be completely 100% directed on what you just said. And it, it, he would be bombarded. There, there is zero doubt in my mind. And I, to, I, to your point, LeBron is about as remarkably brilliant and calculated in everything he does when it comes to his career, his personal life, and in, in his professional life away from basketball. There is a reason why he's not playing tonight, and it is not, in my opinion, his ankle. He's been off for a week, unless he stepped on a rock in his driveway, right? I mean, to me, it's all that chatter surrounding the trade, the talk about playing with Steph, all of that. You know what? Game one after the All-Star break, damn, my ankle hurts. I'm out. 
He did miss time right before the All-Star break. He was excused from practice because of the ankle. He did miss the last game there as they headed into the All-Star break because his ankle. He said he's been getting treatment. He did say the last few days he's been getting treatment to try to get his ankle stronger. It's such a bad look, man, coming off of another break. With the uh, again, with this the optic problem that the NBA has. And nobody is accusing LeBron James of not enjoying Never. playing basketball. No, 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 no. There are uh, yeah, there are no, there are no, other no. people in the league that we can question that about. LeBron ain't one of them. Nobody is accusing of LeBron of not being a hard worker. But LeBron is the face of the sport. He is the best player in his generation, arguably the best player of all time. And for him to be coming off of a break and taking another break in this era that we live in, a feeling like all NBA players do is take breaks, it just looks bad when everybody wanted to see this matchup coming off of that news. Coming up next, baseball season is right around the corner. We'll talk to a Hall of Famer next here on ESPN Radio.